thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Yes, the Cavs have lost eight straight games, but damn it, I feel really good. I'll tell you guys why in just a moment. But first, welcome back to It's Cavalier Podcast, the show where I give you the latest and greatest in regards to Cavalier basketball coming from my unique perspective. But why do I feel so good? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things. Anderson Vergeau is a Cleveland Cavalier again. What the hell? What's going on? What kind of world are we living in where we are bringing in a man who hasn't seen NBA action in, I believe, two seasons? Nonetheless, Anderson Varejao is a Cleveland Cavaliers legend, and I couldn't be happier about that. Secondly, Isaac Okoro's been balling, man. He has been showcasing exactly what the Cavs thought that they would be getting out of him, picking him number fifth overall in this year's draft his last game you know wasn't so great but he was plastered all over Damian Lillard and to expend so much energy defending such a high caliber player like Lillard you could understand why a young guy like Okoro wouldn't exactly be scoring in the double digits uh the game before that man he dropped a career high he was out there doing everything you could ask of him scoring from just about everywhere on the court dropping a career high 32 points grabbing three rebounds and dishing out six assists oh and might i add that he was three of four from the three-point range even better nine of nine from the three throw line he looks more and more confident each time you see him out on the court and although the Cavs walked away in a loss it was a loss nonetheless in overtime to the highly rated phoenix suns featuring Devin Booker and the ageless Chris Paul. And let's not forget DeAndre Aiden. That's a stacked team they have now. And they're going to be in the playoffs, obviously. Cleveland's not. But to go that far into a game and have a chance to win it, damn. Like, Cleveland's headed in the right direction. If you're not feeling good about the direction they're headed in, you might be watching the wrong sport. You might be watching the wrong team. Because this team, no matter what the controversy, and yes, there has been so much drama this season. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, we're, we're still in the rebuild, but it just seems like a little bit more drama than usual. Those of you who have been keeping up with the team know exactly what I'm talking about. But the game against Phoenix, man, it, it was definitely something. It was a showstopper. It was something that made you sit and think. And shout out to Zach Weiss of Across the Cavs. You know, I had him on uh, last episode, I believe. But it was just very, very, very encouraging to see 
such development from a guy at the end of a season. And like he said, like I, when I asked him, you know, find me a bright spot. This is why you continue to watch the games this late into the season. This is why you continue to tune in because you just never know what's going to happen. You might see something special, and we did. Akura played a game high 47 minutes. I believe Akura's only still 19 years old. Man, can you imagine what this guy's going to be like in year two? I don't think that he is going to be, you know, the next Kawhi Leonard, you know, one of the best two-way players in NBA history, but I do think he has high three and D potential. I definitely think the dude can make an all-defensive team. I've been saying that all year. So run me (laughs) by muddy once he makes that. I'm telling y'all, he is special. And then when you look at the surrounding roster, yeah, they were minus Darius Garland, which, you know, obviously that definitely hurts him. But all the flack that Colin Sexton has gotten this season about having non-playmaker skills. And you know what? I'm not going to ignore the fact that I have been down on Sexton at certain points of the year. But what I can say about him is that I have never questioned how well he can fit in this lineup and whether or not he should be a starter. That is just an egregoriously disappointing take to have from Cavs fan. Why would you ever question that? I get it. You might think he's an undersized, you know, guard in the mold of a Lou Williams. You can just provide you instant impact off the bench. But no, he is a starter. 29.7 rebounds, 7 assists against Phoenix. That's against Chris Paul, one of the best defenders at the guard position that we've seen in a very long time. I don't know what else you want from this guy. He's out there scoring. He's out there playmaking. He had seven assists. Led the team on the night when Darius Garland was on the bench due to injury. What else do you want this guy to do? I mean, I just I just don't get it. It's like people will not be happy and people will not be satisfied until... Colin Sexton is no longer a Cavalier. His contract extension eligible, I believe, this offseason. They're going to have to figure something out for him or they're going to, you know, all this negativity surrounding the team in regards to whether or not Sexton is that good of a player is just dumb. I mean, there I said it's just dumb. So please stop with that nonsense. Elsewhere on the roster, um, Those of you who are familiar with King James Gospel, uh, who I'm a contributor for, may have read my article on Jared Allen recently being the Cavs player of the week last week, and he continues to roll that over into this week. Uh, Against Phoenix, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. The same things that we've been talking about for Jared Allen still persist. You know, you would still like to see him box out a little bit more, work for those offensive rebounds, in which he really has been trying to do these last couple of games. Uh, I see the areas of growth and development in him as well. So I'm very excited about the future of Allen. And he's a guy, man, he's going to be commanding the big bucks this offseason. So I really hope Cleveland can get something that's uh, that's fair, also team-friendly as well. I think uh, last episode I stated that I could see him getting a five-year 90. And I think I was probably a little bit wrong on that. I'll, I'm willing to go five-year one. Uh, five-year 100 or maybe even five-year 110 I could definitely see that happening I think that he is that special 
and he's only 23 years old. He's going to continue to develop in pretty much every department. Just like uh, Mr. Zach Weiss said, I definitely think that, you know, if he could add some type of jumper, dude would be uh, almost unguardable. I don't I don't know if that'll ever happen, but it definitely would be cool to see. Uh, Jetty Oseman played 45 minutes in that game, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, went 4 or 6 from 3. I guess that's probably the biggest takeaway from him. He has definitely started to turn things around, and I'm glad because, you know, we we kind of all have a love-hate relationship with Jetty at this point. Like, we really want him to succeed, but it's just when he's out there and he's bricking, it's just hard to keep him in the rotation. So I'm glad to see him doing well. Um, lastly, last thing I'll touch on about the Phoenix game is Kevin Love. Now, you just don't know what you're going to get from Kevin Love from game to game at this point. And with all the controversy surrounding him, and you know, he just recently did a podcast in which he, you know, he just gushed about playing with Damian Lillard and playing in Portland, you know, which is pretty much his se- his second home. I-, I get it, but at the same time, these are not the types of things you want to hear out of a veteran player. You know, it's just it in the timing of it, it's just awful. I, I mean, I don't get it. I won't continue to comment on it because I just don't know what to think of Kevin Love anymore. I He's a title, continu- uh, a, a title, you know, a, a title team holdover or what have you. And I, I'm glad that he's still on the roster. But at the same time, it's like, man, a lot of this drama you are kind of at the center of, bro. Not to mention that, but it's play on the court. Seven points, 11 rebounds, four assists. I'm glad the rebounding numbers are starting to trend back upwards. But man, Kevin is not shooting that well. Two of ten from the field in that game. One of four from three. Minus ten. I just, I don't know. What else can you really say about the guy at this point that hasn't already been said? It's just been a lot of drama this year surrounding him. So we'll go ahead and move on to last night's game uh, against the Trailblazers. The aforementioned Trailblazers. Uh, Colin Sexton in 34 minutes only dropped 15 points on 6 to 15 shooting and i'll tell you the biggest aspect of this game that was on full display is the fatigue after having a uh overtime matchup against the suns in the first half of this uh back-to-back it was clear that cleveland's probably going to be gassed and it was it was very evident just about from everybody on the roster isaac okoro after dropping that uh career high 32 Went back to seven points on two for nine shooting. Now, again, as I stated, he was all over Damian Lillard, posting most of his energy, uh, yeah, using most of his energy on that matchup. So you just knew how it was going to turn out. Uh, Colin Sexton, like I said, 15 points. Jared Allen, you know, didn't get the double double, but he did have 13 rebounds. Still, he only played 29 minutes, but. Pretty much everybody suffered from fatigue, or it looked like at least. Kevin Love had a little bit better of a game. 18 points, 8 rebounds, 7 of 14 from the field, 4 of 10 from 3. That's, you know, that's, I guess that's better. But the real story of this game, let's be honest, folks, was the insertion of one Anderson Verzal, the big-haired man himself. One point... Uh, one point and six rebounds in just seven minutes of action. He also threw in a block too. So, man, it was just, it was just nostalgia. I guess you could really just describe it as that. It was great to see him 
uh, you know, out there on the court after all this time. You know, obviously, Cleveland traded Vergeau back, and I think it was the, uh, I think it was the sixteen seventeen season to the Warriors. Well, no, it wasn't to the Warriors. I think it was actually to the Trailblazers, if I'm not mistaken. And the Trailblazers waived him, and he ended up signing with the Warriors. So I, I, I don't know, man. It's just great to see a Cavs legend like him back in the lineup. And clearly he was out of shape. I mean, he was, I think he played for the Brazilian national team, but he, he wasn't playing, you know, often. So you, you definitely saw it. And and it wasn't just evident in his, uh, his movement on the court. It was also evident in the actual way he looked. I mean, he's not a spring chicken, but he, he definitely kind of looked overweight out there, but man, he was still nimble enough to go out there, snag some rebounds, uh, throw up some shots, you know, he even had that block, as I stated, but it was really good to see Verichau out there on the court, and wh- call it whatever you want, you know, whether it was a, just a cheap um, fan service to try and bring it, bring up ticket sales or whatnot, or try and bring people's morale up after such a, what some people call poor season, I don't see it that way, but I definitely get both sides of it, but I'm glad that they brought him back. And even on a 10-day contract, it was still excellent to see such a Cavalier legend out there. Now, the interesting thing to me is just imagine if you gave this guy a full offseason. I want your, your you all's opinion on this. If you gave the guy a full offseason of work to get in shape, would you consider re-signing Vergeau at least to a camp deal uh, to, you know, have a chance to make the roster for the 2021-22 season. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about that. I would. I liked what I saw of him last night. And obviously it was against bench players, into the game players, when the game was way out of hand. But I liked what I saw. I think Vergeau could still be valuable even at his advanced age. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I was just caught up in the nostalgia of it all. But damn it, if it didn't feel good when we've had so few things to feel good about this season outside of development and growth, I don't know what will. It just really hits you right in the feels, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'm glad that everybody really that was on, you know, that was healthy got to see the court as well. You know, you got some cabin jelly, you got some... Jeremiah Martin out there. I've kind of liked what I've seen out of Martin, too. He hasn't had a lot of game action since signing, but uh, I like what I've seen out of him. Glad to see Broderick Thomas out there getting some minutes. He dropped eight points out there. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, and eight points, two rebounds, four assists, and only 13 minutes of action. He'd love to see it. Uh, Remains to be seen if Damian Dotson is going to be a contributing factor to next year's team because I think he's his next season is non-guaranteed. We'll have to see what happens there. Obviously, we know Dean Wade's locked up. He played the most minutes off the bench last night at 29 minutes, uh, dropped 16 points, five rebounds on five of six shooting, three or four from a three. I just this this team is one player, one good draft pick away from being a legitimate playoff contender i see it at full strength if we're able to come back at full strength next season you add in a guy like uh jonathan kaminga or kate cunningham this team is a playoff team i don't care what anybody says they are a playoff team with the development that i've seen this season with the relatively 
softer teams in the East. And I don't mean that they're soft. So before pump the brakes before you know you start going off on me. But with the let's just call it a weaker Eastern Conference. I definitely think this team can make it in and they can make some noise once they get in. I'm not going to say they're a title contender, but I will say they are a legitimate playoff contender with another good draft pick that could possibly win a series. Next up on the docket is the is actually back to back matchups with the Dallas Mavericks. If it's one thing that I can say about this is that Cleveland gets the opportunity to play somewhat of a playoff spoiler because the West my friends, is a just mixed bag at this point when you're talking about numbers 5 through 10 in terms of seeding and standings. Uh, you got the Mavs at number 5, Lakers at number 6, Trailblazers at number 7. So that's probably the biggest movement that you'll see, that the 5 through 7 spots. And Cleveland could play a factor, a major factor, even in determining uh, where the Mavs finish at. Uh, everybody and at that point right now, wants to finish outside of that dreaded play-in range just because nobody wants I mean I hate to say it but even the Lakers could fall uh you know they could fall into the playoff game or the play-in game and possibly be kicked out with the way they've been playing as of late so nobody wants to really be at you know be in that uh that range and Cleveland could definitely affect that in a big time way let's say they split with the Mavs and the Lakers win one, you know, that would definitely help the Lakers out. That might even help the Trailblazers out. You just don't know what's going to happen uh, at this point in the season. So I'm glad that Cleveland gets to play spoiler. Uh, that's obviously a tough matchup. You know, you got Luka, who's just, you know, been balling out as of late. I, I think they still don't have Christoph Porzingis. I believe he's probably out for the year at this point. They don't have Max Kleber. Uh, they just... They're going to be a tough matchup for Cleveland, but I think it's definitely still a winnable game. I think every game at this point in the season is a winnable game because you just don't know how opposing teams are going to play. If they already have that play-in spot, uh, the playoff spot locked up, they'll, they're maybe more apt to sit some of their starters. But in the case of the Mavericks, they're not. They're trying to get out of that range, so they're going to be coming at us with their all. They're going to they're going to approach every single game as if it was a playoff game because honestly that's exactly what it is for them for cleveland hell no we're just playing for uh house money at this point and we could definitely play spoilers so i'm excited about that always excited about good matchups uh you just you don't know how things are going to shake out and if cleveland loses they're still kind of winning because they're finishing closer to the lottery i'm I'm, uh, closer to that top uh three pick rather if they win then they get the confidence of beating a good playoff caliber team. So I'm, you know, legitimately excited about that. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode. Just kind of a quick recapper and my thoughts on the last few days and why I'm so excited about the direction this team is heading in. As always, if you have any inquiries, any questions at all, if you just want to hit me up, you can do so on Twitter at it's Cavalier underscore pod and have a nice day.